This is the show with Cannon Brown. The mentality to to keep pressing. You know, we we really really promote that at Ernest Donnie Showpits. We press, Cannon. We we keep going. We we want to try to keep helping our families and our customers in all these areas and and just see if maybe we can get that breakthrough that one day. And that breakthrough is not always winning. You know, everything's made about the winning. I get it. We got to go win shows. Okay, I understand. That's a lot of pressure to do that. But not every family and not every person has that mentality all the time. You know, there's a development to this process. And I still really, really like the, the journey. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's up, guys? My name is Cannon Brown, and I just hit the November slump. That's right. We're in it. <laughs> the second worst month of the year, besides like Thanksgiving weekend. But still, I don't know what it is about November, guys. It just ah, cuts me down so hard. It's probably like the, it just gets so dark soon. And it starts getting cold way too soon. I mean, I'm in Arizona, so it's still like 70 degrees outside, which I really shouldn't be complaining about, but... The beginning of November sucks. I mean, Halloween is a blast. You have such a great time. October is the best month of the year, obviously. And then the beginning of November is just like, ugh. I have to go into this month. I have to wait 25 days to engorge myself with my family and friends and then just not talk to them for four to six hours while I take a nap. Okay. That's enough about November. Happy November 7th guys. We're in it. I mean, there's no turning back. We can't stop. So we better just keep going. Happy November 7th. It's great to talk to you guys again. I feel like now that I don't have my callback episodes, I I never talk to you guys anymore. I might bring them back. We'll see. (laughs) I need to do something because I just feel like I'm not talking to you guys enough and I want to talk more. I don't know. I'm chomping at the bit, if you will. Um, although I were in the beginning of November, uh, I'm in my November slump. I am going to go against the November slump on Saturday. That's right. I'm going skydiving once and for all. The maintenance has been checked. The parachutes do not have holes in them, hopefully. And I'm ready. I'm ready to go up there to... However many feet it is, don't ask me, okay? I think it's like 30,000. I'm not sure. Maybe it could be three. You could say 3,000. I'd be like, cool. I'm ready to go up there and jump out and just see what happens. I'm very excited to see uh, the view, and I'm just (laughs) stoked for the adrenaline rush. I live for the adrenaline rush. That's what I love about roller coasters. I love that little feeling in the bottom of your stomach where you're just like, oh, am I going to die? No, I'm good. Isn't that great? I love that feeling. (laughs) All right. I've got a great episode for you guys today. It's with my buddy, Ernest Donahoe. Uh, And he is, I mean, he's a kind of a hog trader. Uh, He sells a lot of hogs in California. Uh, Doesn't really have a a background in the livestock industry. He's kind of a first generation into it. But wow, and I know I say this about everybody that comes on this podcast, and it's true for everybody, but when I say this, believe me, this guy's passion is out of this world. 
And there's a reason why this is a two-hour episode, guys. And I know you probably looked at the time and you're like, two hours? Really? Two hours? But that's all earnest talking. I mean, I, I slip some stuff in here and there, but this is all earnest. And this is him telling you his unfiltered uh, story about how he came up into this industry. And I was blown away. I mean, I just had to sit back and uh, it was like a, it was story time. He could have he told me that before a good night's sleep and I would have had excellent dreams. So if you need to have excellent dreams, put your headphones in, listen to Ernest talk to you. After the two hours, soak it in because it's a beaut and then take a nap and let it settle in your mind for a little bit. Uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, leave a rating if you're on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play. Um, leave a little note for me. I will, I'll, I'll shout you guys out on the podcast. I could be like, hey, at blah, blah, blah. Uh, thanks for shouting me out. Here was your comment. I don't care. I want some. I want some uh, discussion here between us. Okay. Hit me up on Instagram at the Show Pod. Hit me up on Facebook at Show Pod at the Show Pod. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for you right now. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Let's do it, Mr. Ernest Dono. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. What's up, Cannon? Oh, not much. What about you, man? Just working away right now, man. We uh, we got that sale down in El Centro and just trying to make sure all the T's are dotted and the I's are crossed. How How is that kind of, I mean, I know putting this, putting a sale together is kind of hard, kind of difficult. How is it? How's it been for you guys? You know, um, like, you know, like I told you the other day, I don't have a ton of help. So until, until my barn hand graduates, kind of the day during the day, I try to do things that I can do. And then in the evening when he comes here, I try to do things that I need help on. So, uh, so like last night we, like, I kind of pulled the top 10 or 12 that I really like out yesterday, just try to get an idea on how I wanted to line them up. But then like for the bulk of ear notches and like all that and, and sexes, I pulled him out and we kind of got all that written down on a spreadsheet. And then I came in and inputted all that this morning. So it's basically done now. But like yesterday, trying to get a couple photos, trying to get a couple hogs cleaned off, trying to feed, trying to clean. Ideally, it would be nice to have some help doing that. I just knocked all that out by myself yesterday. Yeah. And uh, still didn't get like two or three pigs. I tried to photo. I couldn't get them photoed. So I just left their photos off. So I got four or five really good photos that I'm comfortable with. And, uh, we just basically ran those. And I mean, it's, it's really just this whole sale, just exploratory cannon. You know what I mean? Like how, you know, how can you go down to a market you've never been to that they used to have a supply of pigs and how can you become someone that they believe they can come to a sale every year and buy pigs from you? So they got to be healthy. They got to look good. Um, you got to give them lots of great information and, and get back to them when they start to call you. And they got to start to feel like, yeah, this person's far away, but this pig grew good. I made weight. You know, the judge said positive comments about it. Um, we had issues throughout the process. He was really quick and, and precise about how we need to fix these issues. And, and, and he was effective and basically just start to become a, um, you know, an outlet for them. Is you this your I mean? first sale? 
this is the first time I've ever sold pigs in a sale. Oh, nice. That I, that I ever have. I've sold private treaty pigs. Every yeah. pig I've ever sold has been just me to a person. So. How has the experience been? Do you like it more like raising pigs or do you like it more just trading hogs? Well, these are pigs that I'm trading. Okay. Like I bought I bought these pigs. So we still are not ready and yet to where we're going to be able to breed and have a sale. Hopefully in three to four years we'll be there. But right now we're just – I'm just trying to figure out a way like without connecting to these people, Cannon. How, I mean how can I go down there and sell 40 pigs to people that I've never met in any other way other than just saying, all right, you decide whether you like the pig or not. Yeah. Well, Ernest uh... – I'm happy to have you on. Uh, I knew that, I, I mean, I've known you for, I haven't known you, but I've known of you for, for a long time uh, just because I've seen you around Arizona Nationals feeding hogs and stuff like that. Um, but you're from Napa, California. T tell us about Napa because I think a lot of people have, a lot of people outside of California have an idea of Napa, California as kind of being a, a ritzy place with just vineyards and, and wine country. Uh, what, what was your experience from it? Well, um, most people would be, be, uh, they'd be a hundred percent correct about all that. You know what I mean? Napa is, is, you know, I live across the street from a country club, believe it or not. And, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see Range Rovers, Ferraris, G wagons. I mean, they're all, you know, they're all rolling down the road and, <laughs> and um, you know, and, and it's just a, a, a place that everybody in the world, you know, like, I feel like since the biblical days, they've been making wine, you know what I mean? You and wine has just been around forever. And, you know, somehow I don't know the history of Napa like maybe I should or like what it would be. Cool. I, I could sound real smart right now. But <laughs> obviously, obviously somebody came to this valley and, and started growing stuff because really you can grow anything in this valley. You know, we've had um, five or six world world record pumpkins grown in this valley. You know what I mean? We we have the best wine grown in this valley. Some of the gardens that people grow in this valley are just absurd. So the the conditions to grow here are amazing. But at the end of the day, you know, from a monetary standpoint, growing wine is where the money's at. You know what I mean? And and I've always said, you know, you'll never see them tear a vineyard out and regrow it with anything else other than a vineyard. Now you'll see people around the state tear something out and re think you know replant it with something they think can make more money, but in Napa, you're not tearing vineyards out to grow corn. Yeah. You're not tearing you're not tearing vineyards out to grow almonds. You're not tearing vineyards out to grow peaches. You 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 get land in this valley and you start growing grapes and you figure out how to, you know, make product in terms of uh, you know, some grapes that people can make wine with, or you do your own thing and make your own wine with your own grapes. One or the other, there's money in it both, you know. So um, growing up, I never really had an interest in any of that. You know, I grew up and, and my dad did construction and, you know, we, we built roads and we, we built pads and, you know, we did underground and, and did sewer systems and, you know, we just did construction, you know, um, laid asphalt, you know, poured concrete. I mean, we, we did it all. And uh, I grew up honestly loving sports a lot. And uh, what sports did you play? You know, I, I just wanted to play football when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I was obsessed with football. I actually grew up and became more of a casual basketball fan and enjoyed playing basketball. But um, growing up, man, I just wanted to play football all the time. I wanted to watch football. You know, I'm still the same way, man. I Sometimes it, it takes a lot to pry me away from a good football game, you know. <laughs> 
But uh, but that's what I wanted to do growing up. But um, when I was younger, um, my cousins actually, my uncle Paul, um, he used to kind of mess around with some pigs, and and uh, we'd kind of go over to their place and kind of see these pigs. So that was really the only outside of just working with my dad, growing up, doing construction, doing sports. That was probably the only introduction I had to animals. And uh, and then I went down to the fair one year and I saw my cousin Sonia show her pig. And uh, I just thought it was really, really cool. And uh, I was only like six or seven at the time. My sister was nine and uh, she liked it, but she wanted to show sheep. But uh, I didn't have as much of an interest in the sheep. You know, I, I like I liked the pigs more. And, uh, and then my sister, the next year we went and got a couple sheep and, uh, she just kind of did it and it was, it was cool, but just like anything, you know, your first year you do it, you kind of get an introduction to it. You know, yeah. the next year you, the next year you kind of want to be competitive. You exactly. know what I mean? So we get hooked up with a, um, a 4-H group with actually some leaders that were really, really competitive and still competitive to this day and still own own lambs themselves, Rory and Tony Pagliaro. And, uh, they were, they were the 4-H leaders and, um, they kind of directed my sister to their cousin who raised some sheep. And he actually lives like literally right around the corner from me. And, um, we went there and I was like eight years old at the time. And I remember we went there and it was like dark in there. And there was these like four sheep and it was my dad, my sister and me. And it was just this kid. He was like 16 years old. His name was Fred Ward. And um, we bought those two sheep. And, and I'll never forget buying those two sheep. My dad paid $500 a piece for those two sheep. So I was like an eight-year-old, you know, like I would always see my dad maybe pay employees or like buy lunch or like whatever. But like I always felt like those are very serious things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, dad's got to pay this guy for a load of fuel. Maybe he'd write a check. You know what I mean? So when you're eight, you don't ever really see like a lot of money. You don't see like hundred dollar bills. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget. We paid this kid. He was 16. I'm like, I was mind boggling to me at eight years old. Like, how is this kid getting my dad to get him a thousand dollars for two sheep for two sheep? And yeah. I thought like, this is this guy, this kid's a millionaire. You yeah, know what I mean, I mean as an eight-year-old, be... that's groundbreaking. To, just to see yeah. your dad pull out a wad of cash, you're like, what? I didn't know we were living like this. That's right. You know, and <laughs> and, and we weren't living like that. But my my dad, you know, he always, you know, he's just like any parent. He wants to go, you know, go try hard. And, um, you know, we, we bought those sheep, went and did the experience. Um, one of those sheep actually died. One of our One of our dogs attacked it. And then the other sheep made it there, kind of did like so-so, but my, you know, my dad, you know, my sister kind of maybe didn't work with it as hard as she should have or, or whatnot, um, you know, but they were good. You know, that, that one lamb that made it still did good. So like the next year coming into it, I'm nine years old, man, I'm just juiced up to, to do it. And um, so I'm just a young kid in Napa and, and, you know, I, I raised my first pigs when I was nine years old, knew absolutely nothing. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we buried our hose because they told us they can't drink hot water. You know, we weighed maybe once or twice leading up to it. You know, they lived in a mud pit. We hauled them down there in a topless United Rentals trailer. And uh, we we even tried to load the first hog with a lasso and like almost winch it in. And, 
you know, and, and we went down there and I showed them they had long tails. I remember it was a Duroc and a, and a Hamp cross. And, uh, and we went down there and, and, uh, I, I don't even remember how I placed, honestly, yeah. you know what I mean? And, well, uh, it's not even about how you place your first year. It's just about like the experience and what, and what you do. Like it, it's, it's about like how you do it. Cause you remember like putting it in a United trailer. You remember the long tails. You remember, you remember all the kind of details about the pig, but it doesn't matter what place you got. Yep. No, it didn't. And, um, and then, uh, 1999 was a really, really big year for me. And, um, in 1999, my uncle Paul bought a bread gilt or maybe a couple bread gilts. I forget the, the total details of it. Um, bought a bread gilt from Cedar Ridge farms. And I believe they're in Iowa or they could be in South Dakota. I, I think they're actually in South Dakota now that I think of it. And they were a big seed stock producer at the time, sold a lot of bread gilts, had a really, really good hand boar named CR power. I remember opening up the old seed stocks in my uncle's house back in the day. And he buys this bread, purebred York gilt. And uh, my dad just said that year, he's like, hey, we're just going to get two pigs from you, you know. And my uncle Paul was like, yep, no problem. So he keeps a couple pigs from my cousin Sonia. It's her final year. And he keeps a couple pigs for me and then a couple pigs um, for someone else. And uh, he drops those two pigs off. We raise them up. Man, I didn't do anything different. We raise them in the same barn, mud pit, whole nine yards. Hose Take my, uh, buried in the ground. Oh yeah, you know you you you, you know that was a big. I thing love back that, in the day. dude. I love that burying your hose in the ground because the hogs can't drink hot water. That's right, man. You know that was like a big thing. Like if your hogs drank hot water, like they wouldn't grow or they wouldn't drink. You know, it was really unhealthy. So we would like we buried that thing deep, man. Dang. And we didn't like have like a real barn where the plumbing went to it. Like we were running a hose from like across the field and yeah. stuff. I mean, and you got to understand these are, these are just strict exploratory missions when you're raising an animal with your, <laughs> with your dad who does construction and, and, and your uncle who, you know, just kind of bought a bread gilt, you know, out of a magazine, you know, I mean, they didn't have the internet and these deep write-ups back in the day. I mean, you, you probably called in and, put your phone bid in and, and said, you know, I need a bread gilt at X amount. And, and they just told you what you got, I bet. I mean, yeah. that was 1999. I don't, know, I don't know if it was much different than that. No. So, so I take these hogs to the fair, man. And I got like, no idea. I mean, that year I could still show people a picture of that year. You know, when they took a picture of me, I was, I wore Nikes that year. I had a, I had a clip on tie, you know, I, I mean, you bet. You know, I, I remember I just had like, a, we bought a, a white polo from Mervyn's, you know, only, only people from Napa would maybe know Mervyn's and, and uh, go down to the, to the show and I show and I get champion York. And uh, so like when I walk out, after I get champion York, I just start taking all my clothes off. I'm like, Oh my God, it's so hot. Like I'm done. Like I'm trying to go to the arcade with Fred right now. You know what I mean? We're going to, yeah. we're going to, we're going to play some, we, we used to play this hydro booster game. They still have it. I still see that old arcade. Well, then my 4-H leader grabs me and, and I actually sell her grandkids pigs now. Oh, wow. And uh, she, oh yeah. She goes, Ernest, you're not done. You still have to show at the end of the day. I'm like, no, no, no. I just got champion York, they said, but that's my second pig. I, I'm all done now. You know, because last year I learned, you know, showmanship. You go in with your next hog in class, then you go into your next hog in class three times, then you're done, you know? She yeah. goes, no, 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 you have to go in to win it all. And I'm like, what does that mean? 
It's like, that means you have to keep your clothes off. And I remember that year, the thing I was the most disappointed in is like, I couldn't go to the arcade and I had to keep my clothes on. <laughs> you had to keep the clip on tie on. So and... I stick around. Yeah. So I stick around. They show the hamps. They show the crosses. And then finally they're like, all right, you got to get your pig in. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me, taking my hog back in that year was a, the crowd. And then B, there was only a few pigs out there, Cannon. I'm like, whoa, where are all the pigs at? Because usually when I went in, it's like there's always all these pigs. You know what I mean? Now it's just four pigs walking around out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm just one of these four. And I remember walking right in, and I'm a 10-year-old kid. I'm a 10-year-old kid, have no idea what's going on, just doing what I'm being told, um, wanting to go to the arcade. And a parent tells me at the gate, he tells me, it was his son's last year, and they were a family that tried really, really hard. They were like the, you know, the huddled around the pin, and, you know, they watched him eat and brushed him a lot. And, you know, and even in 99, they were trying. You know what I mean? It mattered to them. And um, I remember him telling me, um, you know, it should have been his son's name was Davey. And he goes, uh, it should have been Davey out there. It was his last year. And I actually didn't know what that meant and um 10 yeah because i'm 10 i'm like yeah. okay like chill out like, guy yeah <laughs> then i told then i told my dad afterwards and but but we'll just talk about what happened in the ring and i go out in the ring um john mendez was judging that year and uh he picked a duroc to win and i'll never forget he says and this young man over here with this lightweight york because that guilt weighed 222 pounds she only made weight by two pounds that year and uh he says, this young man with this lightweight York is going to be reserve grand. And I, and I was part of a really big club, Los Amigos 4-H, and they're still big even to this day in Napa. And they were big back then. And I remember my whole club like erupting. And, and then they walked out and gave me this purple blanket, which I, I still have in my office to this day. And, and then I was, they gave me this big ribbon. And um, I walked out, and like there was this whole row of people almost kind of like – you know, like on a football team when they're running out and all the cheerleaders like oh, yeah. oh, this whole row of people like tapping me on the shoulder and giving me thumbs up. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, I, I think I just won the whole fair. It's the best you know thing I mean? in the world. <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, 99 was big. And then and then everything changed when I, I held that belt buckle on Sunday. We had our awards ceremony on Sunday and that that really can't in like for lack of a better word, to not act dramatic, but it really did change my life. Like I had this belt buckle. I remember I could show people where I stood, where I opened it up and I thought, oh my God, this belt buckle is so amazing. And I'm like, it's so shiny. And I wore it to school like every day. And that was, man, as a young 10 year old man who loved football, who, who, you know, drove tractors and, you know, could, you know, already load 10 wheelers, you know, with a skip loader. And I mean, I, I knew how to do stuff when I was young, you know, dig stumps out with backhoes and start fires. You know, my, me and my dad, we were pretty, pretty ranchy. I knew how to weld when I was younger. And I did a lot of stuff at, at my dad's hip when I was younger. And, and, but in that moment, I was like, it was all about pigs. So uh, looking back on it in hindsight, man, that was just a perfect event. Some Uncle Paul drops a guilt off, you know, I barely make weight. I just go show it. I don't even know what's going on and I win, but the effect of it was really, really big for me, you know, and, and, uh, well, yeah. And as a, as a 10 year old, I mean, that just gets you hooked. 
If you win like right off the bat, you're just like, I need more of that. I was hooked, but but then we kind of, you know, my family kind of took a, a turn. You know, um, I didn't show very much from 99 to 2003. Um, you know, my, my hogs like died one year. I, I, I lived up in Middletown one summer. You know, my parents were divorced and like they they kind of just made growing up like a roller coaster. You know, my dad, you know, he struggled with alcohol and, you know, ha had like three DUIs growing up. So driving around was, was difficult having a ride to football practice. I ended up quitting football because for whatever dumb reason, when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. Um, so like football pigs, you know, just everything kind of just halted from like 2000, 2000 to 2003 those four years we were just we were ineffective as a family my parents were ineffective as as parents and uh, it really slowed down I think honestly a lot of ability to keep cultivating what I liked doing in sports and and showing yeah definitely. you know then in eighth grade I remember I was dead set Cannon I was going to go back out for football I was going to go play freshman football um, I played uh, summer league freshman basketball that year. You know, I was going to make the big push to get back into sports. But honestly, my body had changed. I was not I like as a younger kid, I got kind of inactive in seventh and eighth grade. So, you know, honestly, I just became a little plubber, you know what I mean? <laughs> a little chubby. Yeah, a little chubby and slow and and all these other kids grew. Like I remember seeing kids that I used to play with in, in eighth grade summer basketball. And I'm like, these kids were men, Cannon. I was like, oh my God, this kid's the same age as me. You know, <laughs> I start seeing other kids from the other side of town that went to the other middle school and just start realizing that the world's bigger than I, than I thought. And I remember I was walking to the freshman football meeting that summer and uh, that they were having in like, there was all these kids there. I didn't recognize any of them. They were all huge and I got scared and I just, I didn't go. And I, I really struggled with that probably that summer and into the, into the spring and, or, or yeah, that summer into the fall, I really struggled with that football season was going on and all that. And I just decided, man, I got to do something different. And that's when um, the spring of 2004, you know, I was dead set, man. I'm going to raise pigs. That's going to be my thing. That's going to be my sport. You know, and we say that now. I'm so happy we say that now. That's my sport. Because back in when I was 12, 13, your sport was your sport, Cannon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your sport was not. No, no. You were the weird kid showing livestock that summer. You know what I mean? Like what? You're doing that? Now it's it's almost cool now. I try to love. That's another topic later on today. But but. You know, then I, I, I decide, Hey, we're going to go back to the fair. We go that year. I go to the Otten Walter sale and uh, I buy this solid white gilt and, um, raise her up. She was an absolute stud. Um, she was a new beginnings on, on, on tsunami and, um, her, her ear notch was 17 dash four. And, um, she was actually lot 24 too in, in their sale that year. And, um, I take her to the fair and, or actually before the fair, I go up to state fair with some people. And then my litter mate wins California state fair that year with Jessica Nugenbauer showing it. And, uh, and, um, Andy Rash judge state fair that year. And I remember thinking going to my fair that I'm 
my litter mate just won the California State Fair. This is a done deal, Cannon. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. dominate. I'm going to dominate my show. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I go to the fair. My hog looks amazing. I knew it looked amazing. Um, everybody who had ever seen it said they looked amazing. And then back in the day, we used to ear tag our hogs at Napa Fair when they went through the scale on Monday when we showed before on a Wednesday. So when we'd go through on a Monday, they'd weigh it, they'd say the weight, and then a guy would go inside the scale and then tag it. We have like a we weigh our hogs in a big cattle scale. He ear tagged my hog on a vein. And oh, when I no. Yeah. When I say my hog bled like a stuck pig, Cannon. My hog bled like a stuck mm, pig. They all it do. Was ridiculous. And she's solid white. She's a guilt. So, like, this is 2004. I got no help, Cannon. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get my hog to eat. I don't know how to stop the bleeding. I got a guilt. She wants to come and eat. Just everything's happened to me. So, my hog shows on a Wednesday, hadn't ate for two days, hanging her head to the side and and is got a red tint on the inside of her ear and the left side of her face and uh i get reserved grand and um i still salvaged it you know and i remember my dad telling me like man you gotta take control there and anybody who knows me to this day knows that i say that to these kids all the time like like when a board guy is coming up to their hog and 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 it's spooking their hog like don't be afraid to say hey sir just back up take control, you know, or if someone's going to load your hog into a scale and they're just manhandling it, you know, and you got a shot to win this thing. I just, I always tell this, Hey, tell that guy, Hey, take control of it. You know, my dad told me you should have took control and ear tagged your own hog. You know what I mean? You should have took control and loaded your hog in that scale. You should have took control and figured out what you were going to do with your animal. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's your project and you inherited that, that those mistakes. And you got to take control and learn how to figure out how to get these hogs because our hogs never ate when they went to the show. We just never could figure out how to do that. And I got to figure out how to. So I'm like 13, 14 here, freshman year in high school. And my dad's really instilling in me to start learning this stuff. You know, because back then there wasn't, you didn't have all this help out there, Kenny. You know what I mean? You didn't have people that came to the show. Really back then, I think more of the breeders helped. You know, I think your 4-H leaders helped to a degree, but I think those people were volunteers, honestly. You know, FFA teachers were, were I think, helpful. Uh, but in my county, FFA was not a, a, you know, a primary source of show livestock knowledge. Yeah. Okay. And it was, a, it was just a completely different time, especially yeah. like compared to now. Yep. So not to take away from the FA teacher in town, probably in that year, if they ever listened to it, they're probably going like, well, what the heck, Ernest? You know what I mean? But my <laughs> point just my point being is, is I went to Napa High. We didn't have an FFA program at our high school. It, I really looked at it and my dad put it upon me to say it's up to you to learn. And and um, that year, the family that won there in 2004, they won a lot. They they were kind of the 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 top dogs it was a, a a vineyard management family in town and they got nathan cop hogs and and you know they were good then in 2005 i come back and i got all these ideas in five and i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna get it done didn't get it done then in 2006 i come back and then i almost get reserve grant or i almost get grant again i get reserve grant again and learned that learn more things then and i'm just kind of building my experience but in 2006, I graduate high school and I'm going to go to college. 
So then I go to college and I'm going to, and it's my final year and, um, uh, some things happened and, um, I, uh, I, I raise a hog. It's like, this hog's huge. This is the hog that's been given to me. And, um, and I, and I don't make weight. And, um, you know, the other day when we spoke, I didn't tell you this story, but it, it's really, it's part of my, you know, my growing up. And, uh, back in the day at Napa fair, they used to hold a box over, over the scale. So you couldn't see it, Cannon. Yeah. Okay. And I had this hog everybody was talking about. Trust me when I say the hog I had did not look like these other hogs. It looked like a freaking herd boy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this thing will look 400 pounds. You know, I woke up at 5 a.m. that morning. My dad brought a scale down with my uncle. We weighed it. He was 280 on the dot. I walked him that whole morning. He peed once or twice. I walked him the whole time while hogs are weighing. And I'm like, I'm going last. And, and I went last. And the, the guy with his, with his head looking into the box, you know, goes, you know, heavy, he's out. And I remember even as a 18 year old, I learned the rule that, you know, you don't leave the scale, get your second reway. I get my second reway. He goes heavy. He's out to this day. No one's ever seen that, that scale. And I'm not, I'm not speaking conspiracy here, but (laughs) Let's talk it. Let's talk about it. I I think there's a conspiracy here that we need to uncover. There is. And and even as an 18 year old, I, I uncovered it that Friday. So that Friday, that Friday, I, I remember telling, I remember being very emotional. I remember I had to load them up there that evening. Um, I remember my dad, you know, telling me, Hey, you still got one hog, you know, and, and my one hog was like 232 pounds cannon. And she had a prolapse like a month before, didn't gain a lot of weight. I knew she wasn't winning, but my dad was pounding into me like, you still got one hog. You got to go out there and you got to, you got to really show him, you know, because we thought, you know, my dad thought, even if he didn't think that, even if what he was telling me was BS, he, he was, he really believed it in his head. Like I could go out there and win. Now, obviously looking and knowing what we know in hindsight now, man, I had no shot. I was done the minute my heavyweight, my good heavyweight weighed out. Yeah. But he was trying to, you know, I was pretty shook up. So I got it together, you know what I mean? And got back down there. And, uh, and then when I showed, I was, uh, I won my class that year, um, champion in reserve cross, went to some other kids, um, same family won again. Um, you know, I was heated. And, uh, so on Friday that, that dad who, um, um, weighed me out. And he's also the same guy that told me when I was nine should have been Davy out there. Let's oh. add that in there. Yeah, plot thickens. This guy okay. sucks. Yeah, he he does. And we're not going to give him a name because yeah, he doesn't no, deserve no. the absolutely. He doesn't not. he doesn't deserve the airtime on a show of this quality. Oh, and and uh, he goes, man, I'm I'm sorry, Ernest. I would never weigh you out. And I weighed my hog that morning, Cannon. I was two eighty on the on the money. Yeah. Okay. He's like, Hey man, you, you know, your hog was 13 pounds over and no hog. My other hog, I weighed my other lightweight because she was small. I had to make, you know, I got one that wants to be heavy and I got one that wants to be little out. You know, I could have weighed out two different ways that day. Well, I weighed her that day. Okay. And she was 227 and our, our weight minimum back in the day was 220 and now it's 200. Now guess what she weighed 
on that day, Cannon. She weighed two twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> so how how did my hog that weighed two twenty seven? I remember running home. Um, I remember running home, uh, or wanting a phone to page my dad because that's what we did back in two thousand six. We paged our parents, and I paged my dad to call me. And I remember telling him what I learned. And I'll tell you, my dad was furious. And, and it had to take my uncle a lot of conversation. You know, what's it going to solve, Ed? Are you going to go down there and throttle this guy? But my, I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, it, my hog couldn't have been 13 pounds. He lied. He lied. He weighed me out. So to this day, I know I was weighed out. And I know that he didn't do that. But I also know what's happened in the last 11 years for me. So So looking back on that, you know, growing up in Napa, you know, not having an FFA program on my high school cannon, you know, maybe not growing in, you know, playing sports, you know, my shortcomings with getting close at my fair, but never really getting it. You know what I mean? Always getting great comments and showmanship. You know, I won showmanship consistently every year and got a lot of great comments. You know, um, we have an award for a premier swine exhibitor. You know, I, I think I'm like the only kid to ever win that award that didn't win the show. Usually they just give it to whatever kid wins the show. Yeah. I won I won that award twice because the judge saw like, well, these kids might have won the show, but that kid cares. You know, so just having this having this chip on my shoulder, man, you know, about everything. You know what I mean? It's just kind of the DNA of my upbringing. You know what I mean? My 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 own family struggles. You know what I mean? Just stuff at school, you know, stuff that my dad went through, you know, just not being able to kind of, you know, not having all the same things other kids had, you know what I mean? My first vehicle, just a total beater and, you know, clothes growing up, my dad's issues with alcohol and jail, my mom not being around, just a lot of things. I, I was so wound up, Cannon, to have success, but yet I really didn't have much success in anything. You know, I, I had some moments of positivity that kind of made me think like, you know, I can do that. But really, I was kind of on my own. I was just a young kid thinking about it all. You know what I mean? And um, so so my childhood's kind of when I walked out of the ring that year in 2007, Cannon, I was kind of done with showing. Yeah. I didn't ever I didn't ever want to see another pig again because all it ever did was was lead to disappointment. You know, and I, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to put myself in that spot. You know, I always say to these kids when they show, you know, you're putting yourself out there to be judged. You know what I mean? Anytime these kids do anything, anytime a kid steps in a batter's box, anytime a, a you know, a kid goes out for a position in a play, you know, anytime you put yourself in the public eye to be judged, to be, to be ridiculed, it's hard when you don't do what you want to do. And I was always a very proud, competitive, you know, I didn't make any bones about my competitiveness when I was young. I, I let people know I wanted to try to win. Well, like you said, you already had this chip on your shoulder from everything in your life. I mean, there's going to be some, a competitive aspect that comes into that. You're, you're a very competitive guy and you want success. Just like you said, it's so, I, I think it's all right. So I, I, uh, I decide after that year out, I was, I was out, you know, the, the hog weighs out. I was kind of like done with pigs, um, you know, to rewind also that year, I, I went to MJC, you know, I went out for the swine unit. Um, I, I wasn't able to, uh, to make it onto the swine unit. Another pig thing I wanted that I didn't make, you know, I, I always looked at the plaque outside of 
you know, John Mendez's office, you know, all the, the herdsmen's they had, you know, James Backman, Ryan Wagey, Russell Pedret, you know, and the list goes on. I wanted to be on that. So that was another thing that didn't work in my favor. So I, in 2007, I, I, I go home and um, I decide I'm going to go to American River Junior College. And uh, so I, I, I leave MJC, I go home. I had a lot of buddies that were sophomores when I was a senior. So, so I, they had a really, really good football team at Napa high there in 2007, fall of 2007, spring of 2008. And, um, and I decide, you know, I'm going to um, go back and watch some of these guys football games. I'm in town. I'm up in Sacramento, kind of bouncing back and forth while I'm there. I'm at, I'm at the Napa high Vacaville football game in November of 2007. And, um, I'd always kind of known the Abrews, uh, a family that showed pigs, um, in Napa. I'd always kind of known them because him and his buddy, Cole Ballantyne and Matt Jimenez and those guys, they'd always be throwing a football down at the fair. You know, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I could be walking anywhere. Someone's got a football. I want them to throw it to me and I want to throw them, throw them a toss. And I'd always kind of screw around with those guys, but I never really knew them. Well, my final year, I had told Rico's dad, David Abreu, I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, you know, buy my pig, buy my pig. You know, it's my last year, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of how I kind of knew him. And Rico, I kind of always would say hi, what's up? In fall 2007, I'm at that football game, and Rico's like, um, hey, uh, would you be willing to come out next year and kind of look at my pigs and kind of help us? You know, we're always kind of close, you know, but we, you know, we never seem to do as good as we want to do. And, you know, you've kind of always done good, but, you know, you're kind of done now. So at the time, I was kind of like, nah, I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? But I say I was nice. I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, give me a call in the spring. So Rico gives me a call in the spring and um, in spring of 2008 in like early March. And uh, they had just had the MJC sale, which is a sale I used to go to and kind of hawk some pigs or look for some pigs. And, and um and I go up, I go up to their place. They just live like 15 miles up the road and they got like eight pigs up there because, um, another girl who, whose family owns the ranch that they're on, she was going to raise a couple pigs. So they had eight pigs up there. And, um, and then another, another kid raised pigs up there too. So there's these three kids, eight pigs. And I go up there and I look at them and they're, they're not very good. So, so David asked me like, what do you think? And, um, and I'm like, Oh, I think these pigs are nice, man. I think they're pretty solid. And I didn't want to tell them that. Yeah. I didn't want to tell them the truth. I'm like, Hey, these pigs are really bad, you know? And, and, uh, but he could kind of see that and he could, he could see it. You know, he, that that guy can read people pretty good. He goes, tell me what you really think about these pigs. And, and I'm like, well, if you want to win or if you want to do well, or if you want to beat kind of the people who are winning down there, we're going to need the better pigs than this right here. He goes, all right. And, you know, and he, and he handled it like a champ. He was like, all right, well, what do we got to do to go find some good pigs? Where do we got to go? So at the time I didn't kind of know because all of my sources that I had had the previous four years, just, you know, there was something about it that didn't get the job done for me. So I wasn't like on going to those people and, but I didn't know really where to go, but I relied on the same person I relied on since I was nine years old, you know, which is my uncle Paul. And I left there, you know, and by the way, I get there, you know, the place is spick and span, facilities are great, you know, all these pigs got their own pin, 
rubber mats, you know, waters, galvanized pins, nice shade nets, cabling, you know, everything, you know, shavings, everything is just amazing. The last thing you need is just a really good pig in each pin, and then you'd be really feeling good, you know? <laughs> they were doing it right and, before it was cool. Yeah, from a from a logistics and function standpoint, they had all that down, man. They just needed the good pigs, the direction. And um, so I drive up to my uncle's who lives in between them and me and um, go up the mountain. And I'm like, Uncle Paul, man, I just went to these people's place. It's unbelievable. Yada, yada, yada. Give them the whole rundown. I'm like, but man, we got to win the Napa Fair. I mean, at the time, the Napa Fair was, I mean, they might have, might as well, you know, you got a, a 19, 20 year old who never won it. It might as well have been the Napa World Championships. I mean, it 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 looked like you know Mount Kilimanjaro. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta get up this mountain, Uncle Paul, and uh, and I think I got another shot at it. You know, I was getting kind of reeled back in, Cannon. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, he goes, Ernest, I always told you the whole time. You know, I was making the you know my my kind of journey from freshman year to my year out that little five year span where I had three reserve grands and got close every year, but never got it done, but had some low points. And he told me the whole time during that run, Cannon, he told me, you need to try these guys in Arkansas, Steve Cobb and family. And, and I'm like, well, how do I get their pigs? And he's like, they sell their pigs online, Ernest. You can see a picture of the animal. <laughs> and, and I'm like, they sell their pigs online. What, he goes, they yeah. one of the first ones. Oh, if I would love to, you know, that's a story for Kevin Went and Steve Cobb. Yeah. But they got to be one of the first ones to sell show pigs online. Yeah. I mean, they got to be. They're revolutionary. And, oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, do we even know how to sell, sell a pig any other way? And, and if not, <laughs> do we know how to sell the bulk of pigs? We, we know how to sell a small minority of pigs, you know, but online is kind of where we're at. Well, so I, uh, I decide, hey, okay, we're going to, you know, I call David up. I'm like, hey, this guy's having a sale, April of 2008. And um, in April 2008, leading up to it, I'm, I'm emailing Aaron. I, my email back then was skaterboy24. Oh, and, I bet he uh, thought you were a high roller. Oh, yeah. Eat some good hogs. Yeah, he's like, who's this guy? <laughs> Skater. California skaterboy. I got Skater a, I got a, yeah, I got an August show. And, uh, so we me we message back and forth, but we're actually just getting confused. So finally, David just kind of ends the confusion. And, he, and David goes, just ask him what the four best pigs in the sale are. Well, Aaron will tell you this story, and it's funny. He goes, you know, we're, we're doing all this back and forth. I'm sure Aaron feels like, you know, I'm just wasting my dang time, and this guy's not even going to buy a pig, you know, which is always a, a, you know, contentious subject to anybody who sells pigs when people take a lot of their time and then don't buy anything. Yeah. And he thinks, ah, this kid ain't going to buy nothing. And uh, so he's like, I'm going to give him the four best pigs. So he sends me the four best pigs and we buy those pigs that night. And, and then Steve Cobb will tell you this story. He sees uh, an invoice the morning after, you know, they print all their invoices out and, and just see who buys the pigs and where they're going, get all their delivery set up. And, and he goes, he, he'll tell the story. He goes, you know, I called Kevin Went and was like, we got a problem. And uh, I got someone who just bought four animals. We don't know who they are. They're from California. They thought it was a, a uh, like a, a, you know, a gimmick or a, you know, a prank, you know. And um, so thought, Kevin. You thought it was the guess the price thing. Like you just yeah. guess the price and you get to pick. 
Yeah. So Kevin Went's like, all right, we got to get on this. And then Kevin Went gets on it. Well, well, Steve Cobb ends up calling the number that they put on the account. And at the time, Kevin Went starts Googling David Abreu. <laughs> so oh on one gosh. end, it, on one end in Ohio, they're Googling somebody. On the other end, they're having a conversation. And then finally, they call each other back. Kevin Went's got all this stuff to say, and Steve Cobb's got all this stuff to say. And finally, Steve just says, Kevin, we're okay. You know, Steve Cobb is another guy who very quickly is going to be able to identify what he's dealing with. You know what I mean? And in a and in two or three minutes, Steve Cobb says, I had that conversation and, and I knew immediately um, we uh, had somebody who knew what they were doing, was ready to, you know, buy their pigs, was ready to make payment. And, you know, he wasn't as worried. And, and then Aaron starts putting it together and, and they go, you know, Aaron, weren't you messaging someone from California? And Aaron's like, yeah. And he's like, well, those are the four pigs you gave him. So finally it all starts to connect. And, you know, that's, that's something that I look back on and say, like, you know, when I went up to, went up there, Cannon, to kind of just help these people out, going to go try to win the Napa Fair, we could have gone anywhere, Cannon. Yeah. We, we could have picked any, we could have thrown a dart at the wall and said, let's find someone in, you know, West Texas to buy pigs from, or Louisiana, or Iowa, or Indiana. And think about the not to say that they're the only ones in the world that have good pigs but my point is is i am still there today buying pigs yeah okay i mean you know we end up winning that fair the next year and it starts a snowball you know what i mean like us divinely going there was meant to be you know what i mean and and it worked out and and we buy those four pigs all, we took two pigs of the California State Fair that year, took two pigs of the Napa County Country Fair, but once again, we get reserve grand, <laughs> and we lose to the same family, And but it was close. And But the big issue that year, though, was the judge said feeding. Our animals didn't have the expression, the freshness, the 12 o'clock nature it takes to win any hog show. Okay. So I was still a young kid, even just exploring, even though I had these great animals, still not knowing what I was doing. But one of the things that stuck out to me, though, was and stuck out to David that year, I think, was we bought four animals and champion York at our county, champion cross at our county. Second, we sell second and third overall. We then go to the state fair. We're champion York at the state fair. We win a cross class. We're left standing in the cross division behind the champion and reserve cross, which are the grand and reserve that year. Okay. So one of the things that stuck out in all those classes though, was muscle expression, you know? And so we went back to the drawing board, you know, went to Cal Palace that year, went to Arizona that year and muscle expression, muscle expression, it all keeps popping up. So that's when, um, that's when uh, Dave, David's like, we need to start to include, you know, Aaron into helping us. And um, so from 2008 to 2011, Cannon, I'm not doing this professionally. I'm just, I'm just helping. Yeah, it's just this a kind family. of a hobby. Um, on the weekends, maybe I'm doing some other stuff. Um, um, you know, I'm, I, I kind of am doing school half and half. And then I win Napa that summer, 2009. Summer of 2009, we finally win Napa. I mean, you want to talk about a, uh you know, a relief, you know what I mean? A, a pure relief off your shoulders and just like what it was like. And, 
you know, and just amazing feeling. And we show this incredible guilt. And, um, and then in 2010, um, you know, that those two first years in eight and nine canon, we went to state fair and we watched making the final four, the dirt at California state fair. So me and Rico made it our goal that we want to, we want to go win. Um, we want to go get on the dirt at California state fair. So then in 2010, we go make it on the dirt. Then in 2011, we win both days of Bonanza. So now in those first four years, Canon, 2008, 2011, you know, I start feeding some better pigs. I start going up to St. Helena every day. They're 15 minutes away, sometimes twice a day. Me and Rico really start to dive into it. We're, we're working hard. We're starting to have success. We're starting to learn certain things. I'm starting to understand certain concepts. And really, I just kind of start getting all that help during that time from somebody you know, and, 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 you know, like it is Aaron in my case, Aaron Cobb, but in anybody's case who gets help and, you know, they're doing anything in this industry, whether it's livestock judging or whether it's animal, animal production, or whether they're a veterinarian, you know, finally getting someone that took a vested interest in you to start to develop your abilities and start to, you know, cause I still had a chip on my shoulder. I was still hungry to win. Okay. But now I'm starting to actually learn things that, that create that success. Yeah. Skin and hair, head up, technique, you know, pace, you know, when to, how to haul them, how to not get the runs, how to get them weighed in. You know, we start learning the details and me and Rico really start to, you know, it's just me and him driving to these shows. You know what I mean? It's just a, a 20 year old, 21 year old and a 17 and 18 year old. And we're going to these shows and we're weighing these things in and we're doing our thing and we're going up with at the time, you know, whoever is kind of the, the big dog around the state. And we're finally starting to get to turn them and we're finally starting to be the ones kind of winning. But but the animals were were still not at their true potential because now State Fair became kind of the the, you know, the golden pony. You know what I mean? The white yeah. unicorn that we wanted to win. You know what I mean? And, uh, so then something happens, Cannon. um, in spring of 2012, I'm at, I'm at the Western Bonanza and, um, uh, f- trivia fact, um, I won the Western Bonanza in 2012. Who is the judge, Cannon? Oh, let me guess. I have no idea. <laughs> that I year, the, even know, the judge... Honestly. That year, the judge canceled on a Friday evening, okay? They had to bring someone in from Arizona. I'm going to give you another chance. Oh, let's see. Shannon Schultz? Shannon Schultz actually showed up to the Western Bonanza that year. We won it with a blue barrel under him. And uh, Shout out Shannon. Yep, shout out Shannon. He, um, he judged that year, but that year at Western Bonanza, a kid named Alex Borba um, – uh, the Borba family and Pastor Robles, I mean, absolutely no stranger to success. Alex did great things. His sister just absolutely, you know, took the paved road that he yeah, built. She and, killed it. You know, yeah, built a rocket ship to the moon. And, and um, but Alex Borba was showing a red belted barrow from Desert Show Pigs that year and kept getting reserved to a barrow of ours. And um, he said, hey, Ernest, I really want to win my county fair. Um and, you know, we're just, we're struggling to get it done. And, uh, you know, would you be willing to help us? I mean, you're doing a good job with the Averys. I mean, 
this was kind of foreign. I remember like almost being like, whoa, what do I think here? You know what I mean? Like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. People you know want I mean? my help. Yeah. This kid <laughs> wants my help right here. He said, I was doing a good job, man. I really like this kid right here. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And, and I'm like, we need to get pigs here in like a month. You know what I mean? Because that was in February and, you know, mid-state fairs, you know, in July, I'm like, we need to get on this. So I go find them a couple pigs that same spring. I get another phone call like two weeks later, a kid with an August fair. He wants help from a neighboring county from me. And his name's Mark Rosanson. And, um, and, and he, he's like, um, uh, pretty passionate. It's his last year. And, um, and, and he wants to try to win it. So, so that summer I'm going to help, um, I'm going to help, you know, Mark, I'm going to help Alex and I'm going to help Abril. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember just kind of, you know, having a lot of time to do it. Hey, you know, I'm only helping three people at a time. I remember thinking like, man, this is pretty cool. I'm going to try to win these other shows. I remember kind of finding those pigs, what I decided those two pigs, I actually got Alex and Mark were not from Cobb. Actually, they were, uh, from a guy named Kyle Stevens in Amarillo, Texas. And, um, and he, he gave me a good deal on these two pigs. They looked really, really good. And, um, so that summer, um, we, you know, Abreu goes to Napa. They get, they get, um, they, or Alex shows first. Alex gets third overall at, at Mid-State. And I remember being at the Mid-State Fair that year and thinking like, oh my God, like I thought my county fair was cool. This is amazing. You know what I mean? And, and I remember just like feeling the moment. I remember me and Alex being stressed. I remember people kind of thinking, what's Ernest doing here? You know, he only helps, helps Abreu and, just kind of all those new emotions, being somewhere, you know, helping Alex, you know, trying to win this show. Our hog wasn't that big. And um, we ended up getting a third overall that year, but we were close. And I remember they were really appreciative because that's the first time Alex had made the final four. And, um, and Bill was awesome. His mother, Claudette, they, they were so thankful. And I remember driving home being like, man, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Then we leave from mid-state fair and then I go to Napa Fair, and um, Rico's brother actually wins Napa Fair that year. Jason Lackey judged, and uh, we win it. And I remember Sonoma County Fair was two days later. I go to Sonoma County Fair. Galen McCune's judging it. Um, Mark Rosanson shows. It's a close show. He wins the whole thing. And in a two-week span. It's a hell of a two weeks. A hell of a two weeks. <laughs> um, in a two-week span, we um, – we, uh, we almost went all three of them. And I remember driving home from Sonoma that year, Cannon. And I remember telling myself, I'm going to do this for a living. I'm going to help people raise their show pigs and try to win a show. That drive home from Sonoma to Napa is what spawned my belief. Because what I started to realize, A, from 2008 to 2011 with Abreu is, is I can raise a good hog. I can do this now. You know, because I didn't have all the confidence in the world. And I knew I wasn't very good when I was coming up. I knew I was just shooting in the dark. You know, and then when I started to help these different kids in these different areas and we started almost went three for three, um, I started to get some some serious confidence. Then that fall, we win Cow Palace and that fall we're third heavy at the American Royal and that fall we're champion heavy at North American. And then at Arizona National at the end of that fall, we're champion York. 
And what sticks out to me about the fall after that summer of 2012, you know, because I don't, I'm not want to make this a business. I'm just trying to figure out how to raise some good pigs, Cannon. Yeah. I'm trying to just make sure that Avery's not wasting their time. And, um, but when I went to American Rule that year, Travis Platt thought I should have won the show that year. And he told me, he goes, man, you, you brought an incredible set. You know, I remember Darren Straka liking my hog. I remember Troy Sloan. I remember all these guys that I opened up the magazine. I remember them complimenting my hogs and thinking, oh my God, they look good. Because now you got to understand, Cannon, I'm still just trying to hold Napa down at this point. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I just helped these two kids maybe win their fair and, and win their fair. And I'm just kind of putting the seed in my head that, Hey man, I can go win these fairs. Okay. Now this fall, you know, Bob listen, judge cow palace. We dominate cow palace that year. I remember he loved that barrel. Okay. Um, then we go to the American Royal and we're third heavy there. And Grand and Reserve was champion heavy and reserve heavy. So I'm right there. I remember Travis saying, you love that hog. And I'll never forget this. I remember Travis saying, what's your North American hog look like? And we brought four hogs to Royal that year and they all won their class. And I told Travis, my North American barrel is better. And he goes, no way. And I'm like, yes way. This barrel is unbelievable. He was a creature 6311 on bear. Oof. And... And he was an absolute monster. Dirty. We take we take him to North American. He gets champion heavy and he gets left standing. And and Travis left that year early and he congratulated me. He says, Congratulations on winning North America. That's after I won the heavy. And then he goes, I cannot believe you brought a better home. So that started like these people starting to talk to me a little That'll bit. That'll hype candy. you up. That'll hype you yeah. up a lot. Yeah, I'm only twenty two at the time and I'm 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 starting to think like, you know, hey man, maybe maybe I can you know, maybe I can, or 24, maybe I can be good at this. You know what I mean? Maybe I can, you know, raise these, because now I'm starting to raise hogs that people are thinking can win majors. And then, but then as usual, per my, my consistency, I fall short at Royal and I fall short in North American. And then we show back up. And then That's this not is necessarily something... falling short either. I mean, those are pretty big shows. Those are pretty dang good. I know, but, but I say falling, I say falling short because those people were people that were thinking, saying I should have won it. So yeah, once that exactly. thought, once that thought enters in your mind, you know, you start to think, you know, Hey, this goal before it's just a dream. Now it's like, well, this can be a goal, Yes. you know? And, and ultimately if you work hard enough, your dreams can become goals, you know? But in 2013, I went to Arizona. Avers didn't go to Arizona. So I take Borbas to Arizona. Or, or Borbus take me or whatever you want to say. And and we raised a Super Monster 1-6, a Boer Cobbs bot at, at, uh, at Southwest Type Conference from Hochschulte's on a vintage. And we take this solid white barrow to Arizona National. And he's champion York and he's left standing. And and I remember thinking, I lit, before this year, I wanted to hold Napa down. And I wanted to try to win... I literally in 2012, I almost won every hog show I went to, Kim. And that really built a lot of confidence in me as a young man because I started to see that my hard work and my, you know, paying attention, my listening, feeding hogs with my concepts and my beliefs, picking the animals out that I liked, whether it was Kyle Stevens or whether it was Steve Cobb and family or Nate Weisinger or Lance Ryan or anywhere that I've gone the last year is that I'm starting to be able to identify and see maybe what can win. 
Because leading up to that, I really didn't have a lot of confidence. And that's when in spring of 2014, Cannon, I decided to take an order for some pigs. And, um, and I sold 12 pigs that year out of a trailer. And I did it at this kid, Jesse Vallejo's house in Gridley, California in the spring for May for, uh, for summer fairs at like Yuba Sutter fair or whatever that summer fair is they have up there. And hell, they probably all got sick. And I don't really remember any of the names of people I sold them to, but it was 12 pigs in spring of 2014. You felt like a big shot. No, I felt like, man, I got a lot riding on my shoulders. Here. Oh, I, was yeah. ner- that too. I was, I was nervous. Actually. I was really nervous because I wanted to help all 12 of them. Cannon, just like I helped these other families. You know what I mean? But I started to learn kind of a little bit, some stuff about the business that it doesn't, doesn't all, all work like that. You know what I mean? And so we go through 13 and then spring of 2014 and, and, um, and then in fall of 2014, Canon, I start taking a few more and I build a barn. So like one of the things you got to understand about, about me and about my story is, is like, I know you saw me. You know, you say you saw me or Alex Borba saw me or Mark Rosanson saw me or anyone maybe saw me at these shows. I was only at these shows because I think I just lived down the road from Abreu and I was fortunate. I was fortunate to be associated with them that they were allowing me to help them, you know. And but when you saw me, I was nervous. I didn't 100 percent know what I was doing. And and as I came up these years and these, these milestones maybe seem small to some people, but they were really the things that built into me that when I finally built this barn in 2014, I said, man, I'm going to trade pigs and I'm 25 at the time. I'm ready to really, I'm ready to really rock and roll. And, and that, that really is kind of, you know, you look at me growing up, kind of just what happened And then you look at, you know, just kind of this helping career, I called it not really a trading career. It's a helping career, you know, kind of building the skill set. And, and then in 2015, actually investing money into a barn and, and having some type of a facility where I could bring people in, look at animals with them, talk shop, and then, you know, kind of um, get them on their way and, 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 and do a transaction, you know, um, that, that all took a while to, to get to that spot. You know what I mean? And, um, and it just, it ultimately kind of snowballed and, um, and, and then now here, we're here today yep. and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do any of what I did, you know, without Steve Cobb and family, you know what I mean? Like Aaron and Steve have been so influential in everything that I've done in this business, not one little thing, not half of it, all of it. And, you know, they're, I don't want to say like controversial. They're just kind of like far out of the scope, I think. You know, I mean, they they live in Arkansas. You know, they, they kind of sell a lot of their pigs just online. They don't really go to a lot of these baby pig sales. You know, they're not like these genius marketers. You know, they, they you know, they sell a lot of, the, they don't bring their boars to shows. They kind of sell those private treaty just as people come on the ranch and, and, you know, these guys are, are hardworking, blue collar, Northeast Arkansas, you know, dirt farming studs, man, <laughs> you know, that, that, that get up every day. I mean, Steve Cobb, true story. This guy has heart surgery one time 
he's two days post heart surgery. I go to look at pigs and he's like, you want to wrestle on the grass? I mean, the guy, the guy is still wound up to go look at pigs, to go make them better, to go figure out how he's going to continue along with his son and how they're going to, you know, get him rolling. And then Aaron, you know, Aaron is just like, you know, Aaron's done things over the years that like bother the heck out of me, you know, like way back in like 2008, you know, Wagey walks a blue bear bias at state fair. And he just like, he saw half the pig in the alleyway from like 20 yards away. And he says, yeah, we can't beat that one. And, and I'm like, what are you talking about? We can't beat that one. I'm like, we got a, we got a great set of pigs. I mean, we've been working hard on these pigs. We're going to win this thing. He's like, nah, I just saw one. We can't beat. Maybe we can get reserve ground. I mean, the guy is, can see a pig from 22 yards away and tell you that it's got a bad underline on the opposite side and it's a barrel. I mean, it, it, you know, these guys can study pigs and see pigs at, at a level that's incredible. And as I started to go out there a lot, you know, and started to fly out to look at their sales, to look at their pigs and start going through the nursery with Darren, start going through the farrowing house with Steve, start going through, their boars start seeing them move pigs around. You know, I didn't have an FFA program at my high school. You know, I didn't make the MJC swine unit. I didn't get maybe some of the, the learning that I wanted. I wanted that learning, Cannon. But as I started going out to Arkansas and as I started to develop and, and, and feed these pigs and select these pigs and watch them change and, and learn things and learn maturity and learn genetics and learn hogs, you know, I was starting to get educated by two guys who, in my opinion, are the absolute best in this business. And best is a very relative term. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Re- very relative. I'm not saying that they win every hog show. I'm not saying that if, you know, if those two guys, you know, started a colony on the moon, that all of a sudden show pigs would just end because nobody else knows what to do other than Steven Aaron. I'm just saying that. When it comes to, you know, farrowing 850 to 1,000 liters a year like they probably do. I mean, they got like 350, 400 sows, so maybe they farrow them twice a year. I don't know, you know, a couple in between, you know, maybe 850 liters a year. You know, all the delivery that they do, all the pigs they sell, all the prices they sell them at, you know, just managing that many pigs and, and then having the success that they've been able to have you know, and, and the way they do it, I'm just saying that if anybody wants to go, just go transplant themselves in Lake city, Arkansas, kind of run their farm for five years and try to mimic what they can do. I think they'd struggle. I think they would have a tough time. Well, we said it the other day when we were talking on the phone, just to kind of set this interview up, but Cobb, Steve Cobb and family, I mean, Aaron Cobb, they they have built an empire over the years. They they have absolutely built an empire. Just like you said, they're not the top marketers in the industry. They're not promoting like probably they should be. But the amount of hogs that they're pushing out yearly, and the amount of families that they just inevitably help along the way, they built an empire that will stand for a while. I think. I think it would be hard to run their farm and just pharaoh all their. Pigs. Oh my god! It's, it would be so hard, dude. <laughs> that would be so it, hard. They farrow a hundred hogs. I mean, I'll take two things right now, and I will, I will give you the field. Okay, I will tell you two things that they do. I'll tell you how they do it, 
and I'll give you the field and you can go find somebody who can maybe do it as good as them. Number one, Aaron takes all of their photos with a basic camera by himself with a broom or a metal rod. Okay. Aaron photos 180 pigs a month by himself. And, and, and you see all these people who put up their Facebook posts like, man, just photoed my hogs. Um, God, what a difficult process. And like they put up 13 pictures. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you, you, and then you hear stories of like guys having three people. You know what I mean? Like one person gets the other hogs ready. One person's posing. One person's got a high powered camera from 13 feet away. You know what I mean? Trying to get the lighting and the angle, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then I've the other that. thing, <laughs> and, th and then the other thing, when they're hot and heavy, you know, those guys got 90 crates and when they're hot and heavy, I mean, just feraling that many sows. I mean, I mean, it's mind boggling hearing people talk about, oh, I just farrowed this sow, had all these problems. I get it. You know, there's problems with it. But like, think about you got, let's, let's just say like, it'd be fun for these small guys who can say, okay, I got 22 farrowing right now. Probably a lot of guys can say that. Let's just hypothetically say, Cannon, you got 54 sows farrowing in a seven day window. That's 54. outrageous. That's outrageous. They have, nine, they have 90, by the way, so they can even raise that level. Well, let's just think like 54 pigs. Think about the equipment, the time, the attention to detail, you know, having to maybe pull some pigs, you know, having to cross foster, you know, so sometimes I just get away. When I think about those guys, I get away from just the, let's make an elite show pig or let's make a, big time boar like visionary or you know let's just get away from the fancy stuff and let's just talk about the blue collar nature of it does not matter how what our pigs win or what they sell for we have to do this every year now aaron's gonna have to photo 1400 sale pigs this year every year no matter what you know and, and he got away from doing descriptions because that just became so time consuming and he has four kids and and at the end of the day i've watched these guys grow over the years and i've just been a a fan but also a student so i've been fortunate to be to be able to be around them you know what i mean i was fortunate to be able to help a david abra so kind of coming up where i missed out on some of that stuff you know it really started to take a turn you know uh and start to i started getting some opportunities that looking back on it my uncle paul always tells me you know you may have had a rough road, but boy, you started getting some opportunities that you couldn't draw up, you know, and, um, and then, so those guys, you know, Aaron, and, and, and really now, you know, now I, I, I like to continue even to today to slow down and learn and listen to what, what are they think? That's more now. There's not as much maybe beginner stuff now, Cannon, but now just what are you seeing? What are you thinking? I want to know what, you know, what, you know, no different than Bill Belichick, you know, plays the Ravens the other night. And, you know, the Ravens got a quarterback that can do this. It's not about like, do we know Bill's great? But like, what's Bill thinking? What's Steve yeah. thinking? What's what is he learning? thinking? Yeah. What are, even as new things are happening, what are you seeing now? So that's the enjoyment now is just being able to have sources of knowledge that are so, and obviously because they've sustained it through time, they're pretty good at seeing what they need to do. Yes. So given that, given that when you listen to what they're kind of seeing, you kind of, you, you better pay attention because it might be the thing that you need to know, or it might give you the advantage. 
You know what I mean? So having those guys as a, as a, you know, a backboard to bounce ideas off of, you know, been, been fortunate, been blessed. Um, you know, I, I really owe, owe those guys a lot, you know, um, um, one of the things I know you wanted to talk about, you can kind of get this rolling. We can't, Steve and Aaron, they can have their own podcast Sundays. Today's mine. <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you, and you can kind of set it up here a little bit, is the the California scene, the California yes. competition scene. I want to talk yes. about that. Yeah, so I just, I mean, everybody knows California is huge. We've talked about it. Your Napa County Fair is one of the best in the country. And the Mid-State uh, County Fair is one of the best in the country. There is a lot of people that are raising high-quality hogs. You have Alton Walters, um, Small Town. You're feeding feeding in hogs to there. There's so many people that are just feeding in hogs to California right now to win those fairs. I just wanted to talk with you and, and ask you, how do you kind of stay relevant with all those people around there? And how do you just stay competitive? And also with competitiveness comes a lot of talk, a lot of jealousy, a lot of people talking behind your back. How do you kind of just keep a level head and just stay competitive in your, in your lane? You know, this is something that I have like tremendous pride in Canon. Tremendous. Um, I'm really, really proud to be from California. First off, I'm, I'm really proud to be from Napa. I'm, I'm really proud to see California continue to grow, you know, continue the show scene, continue to get more competitive. I'm proud to see more guys getting on planes, coming out here to fit goats, to fit cattle, to, to fit hogs, to the breeders coming out here, coming to our major shows. You know, I, I've watched it happen. You know, I can remember when we were first going to California state fair with, with Rico. And I mean, there was no breeders flying in, you know, there was nobody major flying in, you know, there was, there was not, you know, back then it was like wagey, man. I mean, wagey just crushed everybody, yeah. you know, and wagey and he, and, and if anybody thinks he's gone, you know, his kids are starting to get old enough now. And, you know, they had reserve hamp this year at California state fair. And, and I believe they just had another good day at Cal palace. I wasn't there the other day, but that, that machine will get rolling very fast. And, and Ryan, you know, had some health issues and some things like that, but that guy, you know, is, is somebody that's going to get rolling. You know, small town just had the champion cross board fall classic. Um, you know, Wagey's had the world record selling board. You know, um, Mendoza's are as strong and as capable as anybody in the business. They had reserve grand barrow at, at an unbelievably competitive Arizona national last year that I thought was just lights out. Hogue said the champion is one of his top five barrows he's ever judged from Hofschulte. And, um, and then, you know, Otten Walter, I mean, what more needs to be said about Otten Walter? I mean, yeah. they, they are when I was, out. yeah, when I was younger, I bought my hogs from Mark and Sandy. Russell wasn't working there yet. And the best pig I ever showed in 2004 was that new beginning tsunami guilt, you know, so the best hog I ever showed was an Otten Walter hog. And, um, you know, they have steadily just steadily climbed it. But then I would say in the last two or three years, I mean, they've made it incredibly tough anywhere out here, you know, and then, and then you add in, you know, some, some, some isolated families and you even add in like a Blaine Rogers when he was living yeah. out here and, and the success that he brought in with Heimer, you know, and, and everyone has always kind of looked at California, I think as 
maybe not elite, but there's a lot going on out there. You know what I mean? But, but like when you think elite, we all know. We all say Texas, Oklahoma. That's it. You know what I mean? When we think elite, and I, Midwest people are probably yeah, yeah, Midwest throwing, <laughs> throwing, but, but, but even they say it. You ask those guys, and they want to win the Texas majors. Yeah. Everybody knows that Texas, and nobody's saying that the regions can't produce a great one, but like when you think Louisiana, when you think Texas, when you think Oklahoma, when you think the Midwest, you can regionally pick families and people in all those areas that have won the national majors. But you maybe for a long time couldn't quite say that about California. And and I'm not saying that other species. I'm hogs. You know what I mean? I, we can get into the other species. That's another topic, another day. But I'm just talking about the hogs. And I feel in the last 11 years, I've watched California transform. Because I remember going to those shows with Avery, going to Denver, going to American Royal, going to Expo, going to North American, going to Arizona. Because I've been going to those shows for 10 years, 11 years. We were always the only people from California there back in the day. Okay? Yeah. And and then fast forward the last four or five years, and you start to see the the national success. You know what I mean? And, and, and I know – and then you start seeing the regional success. And then you start seeing these families in these counties start to develop and start to have state success and then start to have national success. I mean, take the Borbas, for example. Alex Borba in 2012 is asking me, hey, man, will, will you uh, help me win my county fair? That same family and that same program is competing against all the names that I'm talking about, and they're having reserve grand guilt at Arizona National, the year Brian Anderson judge. They're making the dirt, the year Sykes judge California State Fair. Ellie's winning two or three. I, mean, I don't know where she's at, but I think she has three national championship showmanships i think she's got two at expo one at denver and and if she's short and listens to this she can she can tell me the one i missed but my point is, is that's a family in 2012 that couldn't win their county fair canon yeah okay it's See, changed so a lot that that's right and then you take mendonza i mean they bred their reserve grand at arizona national last year what a what a man child i saw him load into the scale and i thought oh my god yeah. You know what I mean? And Arizona is, is if anybody thinks they're just going to roll to Arizona now, oh, that's that little show and in a December and I'm going to go win the Barrow show there. Or I'm going to go win the Gilt show there. But like, good luck. Okay. Because it's, it's really hard now, you know, and, and, and then you see Blaine win in Denver, you know, Abrams getting reserve grant at North American, you know, you, you know, another family from California, the champion lightweight Barrow at American Royal last year. I, I remember going to those shows, Cannon. I was at them for five years. A, none of those people were there. B, we were the only ones that maybe got a hole. And C, we didn't win any of them. Okay? So now you're starting to see California. You go to the California State Fair. You start to see Jesse Heimer there. You start to see Will Winters there. You start to see Nick Mock there. You see Aaron Cobb there. You know, you see fitters there, hog people. You know, it's the stakes are bigger now. You know, you got Russell and Ottenwalter there. You got Wagey there. You got Backman there. My point is now is this: I really feel now as California in the last three to four years has arrived from a consistency standpoint. I'm not saying that people hadn't gone out and gotten some holes in the years past. I'm not saying some guys and some families, you know, would listen to this and say, well, we went to Denver in 2001 and had a class winner. But I get it. What I'm saying now is, is, California families are consistently going to these national shows and they're having success yep. and they're, sh they're showing elite livestock. 
California families are showing hogs from the same firms, you know, no limit wins with a Stolquist hog last year. Well, Stolquist just won Wisconsin and Illinois this year. You know, Blaine had won with a Heimer hog. Heimer won everything from Antarctica to the North Pole in the last <laughs> in the last three years. Yeah. You know, Otten Walter with Aaliyah Rogers and their granddaughter and and that family and everything the they've done ends. and that whole crowd. They, yeah, type yeah. ends. They're they're winning everything and doing well everywhere. My point is, is now you can actually, you don't have to kind of be like, well, we know, you know, you don't have to take like that win one for the Gipper angle. Like we, we, uh, we, um, you know, we, we, we know what we're doing out here. You know, we, we, we're, we try really hard out here in California. Now you're starting to see, you know, the, the Groves and a family that I help and what they're doing out there right now. You know what I mean? Winning the California state fair, winning three straight state championships at California state fair, showing these unbelievable guilts, winning it with a barrow, going to Denver, winning their class at Denver, going to Expo, winning their class, getting up in division with two cross guilts at Expo last year, going to Arizona National, winning their class, getting up in division there. You know, you're starting to see these families now out here in California um, start to have success. But then when you roll that back now, Cannon, there's families that show in this state at the county level that that's all they care about. You know, that, that they, so now you go try to win Napa County and you start going like, okay, well, who's in Napa County? It's just a county fair. That's what people say. Just a county fair. Like, well, Leah Rogers, Lucia Abreu, and Jack O'Dell are at Napa County Fair. Now you start looking at what those three kids, and then you start going, man, that'd be a pretty tough county. Oh, yeah. You know, then, then you start going to Stanislaus County Fair and you start understanding that's the home county for No Limit, um, No Limit, Small Town, and WD. Then you go down to mid-state and you start understanding that's where Wyatt DeBusk is from. That's where Ellie Borba is from. You know, then you go up to Calusa and you start understanding that's that's Otten Walter's home county. You know, then you get some families spread out and they're really hard to beat in their county. But but now you're starting to get these people that want to try to get better. And they want to try to beat these, these you know, rabbits per se. Because they got to try to catch up to these families that are good, that are jackpotting or that are going to national shows. So there's a whole competitive network out here now that has made it as me as a trader. In 2014, in spring of 14, when I first had my barn finished and built, I, or no, no, no. In spring of 14, I sell the 12 pigs out of a trailer cannon. Okay. In fall of 2014, I build a barn. And in the spring of 2015, five years ago, I sold 65 pigs that spring, Cannon. Okay. And we sold a thousand pigs this year. Wow. One thousand. We just, we just, with this set of pigs that we're going to sell down in El Centro, we're going to eclipse the 1,000 mark. And I've only had a barn for five years, Cannon. And I've only had a truck and trailer for three and a half of it. Okay. So sometimes when we set back and look at all this, and, you know, and you, we talked the other day, and I've done even some more research into what the last 10 years have been like you know it's it's interesting man i'm interested in seeing how california's changed watching my competitors and you ask the question how do you stay relevant i don't stay relevant by trying to figure out what we're going to do or how we're going to do it we have our approach i stay relevant by seeing what my competitors are doing and i know everybody goes like well you know they got that horse mem on facebook where champions look at what's in front of you. Competitors are looking to the side. You ever seen that meme where the yeah, horse I is looking that. at, 
Yeah, I I think to a degree, yes, I agree. You have to have your, but I learned from Russell Pedret, watching him, seeing what he was doing, him coming to Napa, you know, co- going to state fairs, seeing him at these shows, seeing his success at Indiana State Fair with boars and success at, at, at fall classic with their baby pigs and watching what their pigs look like, you know, watching Adam and Rex Mendonza and, you know, those guys, I got so much respect for those guys. I mean, you want to talk about blue collar, hard working, knee deep in crap. I mean, they, they're workers, man. These guys punch the clock and, and then they throw the card away. They don't punch out. They punch in and then never punch out. These guys are relentless and seeing where they get their pigs from and how they do their thing, you know, watching Ryan Wagey and what he's done, you know, listening to Aaron and watching their breeding program, you know, listen to these judges that have come in, you know, the, and I, and I got a really good run of judges when I was younger, when I was first kind of feeding some of these pigs and listening to a Ben Bobel, a Jason Lackey, yeah. you know, a, a Jim McCoy, a Mike McCoy, you know, a Ryan Seitz, a Kelton Mason, you know, a Bob Liston. You know, I could go on and on about all the guys that judge some shows that I absorbed something some way from. And and that was the California competition scene. And and, and watching what these guys brought in and, and how they raised them and what they were doing, you know, that really had a big impact on me. Because um, it was, the, you know, we're all a product of our experiences, Kenneth. You know what I mean? We're we're just simply learning and watching what what, what other people are doing around us. And then you got to go express yourself. You know what I mean? You got to go put something out there that is your, you know, your product. And, um, you know, it better be good because these days in California, you know, like I rattled off that 2012 where we just about won everything. It's not like that anymore. And that oh, was no. only <laughs> that was only seven years ago, Cannon. Yeah. Seven years ago, you know, you could almost just be grand and reserve. I mean, you know, Shannon does Bonanza. We're grand. We we win the toughest county, Napa, grand. We we get reserve grand at California State Fair that year. And then we're grand at Cal Palace and then top three at the fall national majors and then top three at Arizona national. If I was able to do that again, Cannon, I might retire. now. <laughs> I might just, I might just say like, that's cool. Like I literally almost just won Arizona, North American, American Royal, Cal Palace, California state fair, Napa and Bonanza. If I don't think you would Cal- retire. You'd, you'd get a heck of a lot yeah. more clients if you did that. <laughs> yeah. But now it's not. No way, man. Yeah. No way. You're lucky. You know, like we got smashed this year, you know, at some shows. I mean, we we won a couple. It's so hot and cold now because the help scene and people, people are just better. You know, regular families that just show in their county. Like there's a family that just take, check this out. Mid-state fair, hella hard county. Okay. There's a family that lives there. They don't even really show on the state scene or the national scene. They've won that fair four out of five years. Let me repeat that. Four out of five years they've won that show. And I don't mean won it. I mean dominated. Smoked it. And all they're doing, and they're going up against all these people, you know, bringing the heats down there. Joseph Parker's down there. You know, James Backman's got a crew down there. You know, Otten Walter's got a crew. All the players are down there. And this family just loads up for the Mid-State Fair every year, and I mean spanks them. 
you know, and they've got their source of hogs set up. They know how to get them dialed in. They know how to get them 12 o'clock and they know how to go win. That's just a family that's just showing in their county now. You know what I mean? This is not even a regional family or a state family or a national county. So stuff like that exists. You know what I mean? Where you get people that they know what they're doing now. And and whether they have professional help or not, and then professional help, there's two or three professionals that fly in there. So showing has changed so much because I remember back in 2008 when I helped Abrews, it was like really weird. But you're helping them? Like, well, how does that work? Like, so you go up there and you like walk the pigs with them, <laughs> and then like, and then you'll weigh them and like say what to feed them, and do you like come back in a month or like you go? Wait a second, you go back up the next. Wait a second. So you're just helping this family raise their pigs? You know what I mean? And in, I think in other regions, like when we got out, it was very common, Cannon. Oh, yeah. But but now, now in California, it's common. Back then, it was not common. So as I was coming up in this, this job was not even a job. Like, you know, you look in the newspaper for job listings. There was not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fit and trade pigs. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, they call it a hog jockey or whatever, but even hog jockeys out there, they all had nine to fives. You know what I mean? But like when I dropped out of school and I like set my trajectory on this cannon, you know, there, the A, there was no one even who had the job out here. Yeah. So like a lot of people I talked to, they didn't take it. They didn't take it seriously at all. I mean, they, I mean, even people in the industry didn't take it seriously. Now, let alone like someone in my town who has no idea what a show pig is. It was hard to even explain. I got to the point where I just started not even explaining it. I just said, I, I told people in my town, I sell hogs for meat. You know what I mean? So <laughs> just it, to it was skip point, the conversation. It was, it's like, wait a second, show pigs. Yeah. Now I get people are like, wait a second. You know, they got to like, stop. They want to like re and I've known them for like 20 years. Like, wait a second, Aaron. So this is what you're telling me you do. And, I, and I'm like, yeah. And, 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 you know, they kind of get the idea of these places I'm going and, you know, having a family now and the pressure now that comes with now it's like you got to figure out how to manage all this and still like go be a dad and go be a husband and figure out how to put it all together you know what I mean and now you know before it was you know before canon it was just can I raise a good pig you know then it became can I can I find people to sell pigs to and help them and can they have success now it's well we have all that now it's how do you continue to be a a uh how do you continue to be an effective source that is consistent for people that can do a good job that can be there on time and make sure that these people have a lot of help and then oh by the way we offer our help to any of the 1000 that buy a pig and we don't charge for help we only charge for our pig we don't we don't charge people well here you go Here's your $350 pig or your $400 pig cannon. You know, it costs X for us to help you feed it, you know, which is two times more than that's like, well, all right, well, what's the point of selling the person a pig cannon if they, if they can't get your help? Exactly. There's no point. That's what it's all about. We're trying to help people go have a good experience, whether it's get top three in their class and get weighed, whether it's win their class, whether it's, hey, we got to try to win our division or whether it's win the show or whether it's win the World Pork Expo. We don't shy away from any any challenge, any family, any situation, we're trying to be a multifaceted firm that can, that can help. And, and, uh, you know, so, so the first 11 years, man, I mean, it's, 
it's uh i told you i texted you i said hey i got my timeline figured yeah. out no it's you been know? pretty good dude you know <laughs> i and, like it uh, you know so so it's been it's been a funny and quick ride and i still it, it you know writing it down today i'm like wow really we did that in five years yeah well, that's crazy man like five years like man i'm i always joke on facebook i'm gonna try to do this till i'm you know, 40 years in the business because Steve Cobb always talks about that. You know, he's like, you know, he'll tell you this year is his 50th year in the business of raising pigs and selling them. And, and I, and I keep thinking like, man, 50 years, you know, that means, that means, you know, if you really count from when I began, you know, that means I got another 39 years to go. If I'm going to even get close to a guy like that, just from a year's worked standpoint, yeah. not let alone, I'll never reach what he's reached in terms of success, but I'm talking about just being in the business that long. So, so, you know, I would say to anybody, I mean that, that, you know, because these podcasts are getting popular now, um, you know, and, and people are starting to share their thoughts. You know, I really enjoyed listening to Travis Platt's podcast that you did. You know, I've enjoyed listening to yours. I enjoyed listening to Kaylee's. You know, I really, I really liked in Kaylee's how she talked about, you know, it still really matters to her when people message her to let her know how they've done. Like she made a difference for those people, you know, that, that hit me hard because like that still matters to me when, when we leave a show or, or if I get a text and, and the kid says, thank you, or the family says, thank you. And, and I mean, like this family maybe just like made weight and like got some good comments about their, about their hog, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that still matters to me. You know, it still matters to me. Like I'm about to go have a sale down here in El Centro. Like we talked about in the opening. And like, I don't even know if anyone's going to buy these pigs. I don't even know if anyone's going to like them. Hell, I might have to haul these things back up to the sale yard. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you what, you better, you better hope I don't get one kid down there. That's got the look in his eye cannon. <laughs> you better hope I don't, because if I get one kid down there that wants to get knee deep in it, we're going to go to work, man. We're going to oh, try yeah. to win that fair down there. And we might not win it, but I'll tell you what, you better hope that kid don't get down on himself and not want to come back hard the next year. Cause yeah. that's, you know, that's what we've built our whole identity around as that chip on our shoulder, as that, you know, person who didn't make the team as that person who didn't make the fair. I mean, we still got that, you know, if they think just because we won state fair this last year, that we're just going to come back and get a suntan in the, in Sacramento, you know, they got another thing coming and we might fall flat on our face with our set next year because that can happen in this business. But the mentality to, to, to keep pressing, you know, we, we really, really promote that at Ernest Donnie show pigs. We press Canon. We, we keep going. We, we want to try to keep helping our families and our customers in all these areas and, and just see if maybe we can get that breakthrough that one day. And that breakthrough is not always winning. You know, everything's made about the winning. And I get it. We got to go win shows. Okay, I understand. That's a lot of pressure to do that. But not every family and not every person has that mentality all the time. You know, there's a development to this process. And I still really, really like the, the journey. You know what I mean? The starting with a kid, you know, teaching them how to brush, teaching them how to walk it, teaching them how to wash it, you know, teaching them you know, Hey, if that hog doesn't finish its feed tonight, let's pull that pan. Let's, let's see what our aggression is like in the morning. Maybe we go quarter feeding and then we'll hit him with a half at night, have the other half in the bucket. If he can finish the first half, we'll give him the second half, you know, and then I love hearing a year later, 
that I didn't even get notified that that hog didn't finish his feed, that that youngster or that family is just like, hey, man, I pulled feed. Uh, he, he really wasn't interested the next morning, but then he hammered a feeding last night. And we've had two good feeding since. Yeah. You know, given that playbook canon, you know, given that information, building a better team, you know, and, 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 and then rising up. I mean, you know, you know, J- Jack Odell, my barn hand, you know, he's never won his county fair. Hell, he's never been better than third overall at his county fair. Jack Odell's had three gilts in the top 10 overall at Arizona national, man. You know what I mean? And that's a kid. That's a kid who, who grinds had reserve grand York guilt last year there, you know, and, and he's learning, he's getting better. You know what I mean? I was always struggled in showmanship, you know, and he's getting older and he finally clicked off like five straight top threes this year on the jackpot circuit. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a grown kid. That that you'd think, well, man, he's he's tight with Ernest, you know, he's probably dominating his show, but he's got two monsters in his county. You know, the Groves have three straight state championships. They came to me just wanting to win Lake County Fair. And no offense to Lake County Fair, that's one of our weaker counties in the state. They're they're a little bit of a fish out of water in that in that county. That county's not as developed as some others. It is getting better though. This last year really blew me away. My point is, is that's a family that came not just four years ago. They just wanted to win their county fair. His, you know, Martha Grove, the mother of that family, she cried the first jackpot show we ever went to four years ago when they won their lightweight prospect class and came down, cried to me and said, we just won our class on the jackpot circuit. Now think about that. That's a family that would then win three straight state championships. And in my opinion, raise the best barrel that I've ever been associated with. See, so if you don't know Cannon, who might buy one of these Imperial Elite Hogs. Yeah. You don't know who might drive down your driveway. You don't know who you might interview. We don't know who anyone might be that has the desire and the drive to to do this. You know what I mean? And so that's why, you know, when I think about it, you know, we got a lot of changes here um, coming very soon here to Ernest Donahue Showpigs. You know, the five acres that my grandpa left me in this town, you know, it's for sale right now. And and um, I'm not going to give it away, but I also got to handle the growth of my business. You know, I built a barn to, to maybe sell 85 pigs out of it, Cannon, not to sell 340 pigs in a 21-week span like we did this summer, okay? <laughs> you know, I had pigs on my trailer. I had pigs in our arena. I had pigs in the wash rack. I had pigs in the barn. You have no idea. It was chaos, okay? We need... You know, my barn hand is graduating high school this year. And when he graduates high school, he is immediately going to start helping me. You know, we need to start to get some help. We need to buy a new place and build a new facility that can house 250, 300 pigs at a time. We need to probably get another truck and trailer. You know, we need to continue to elevate because the people around us are not going to just stand pat. You know what I mean? Ottenwalter is not just going to stand pat. I mean, that, that operation is never going anywhere. And they're obviously a topic, but a, a, a great source of respect. I mean, you know, there are two barrows they had this year that were probably second or third overall at California State Fair. You know, that puts the, uh, you know, the, the, the fear of God in you almost a little bit in our business. You know, when you know, when you know what they're already winning everywhere, you know, winning the OYE Barrow Show, winning the OYE Guilt Show, you know, champion Dark Cross at Houston, you know, grand like, nine years in a row at Arizona, it felt like, you know, like 
they they are dominating everywhere and they're right here in your backyard and many people that i know in this industry are flocking there to get pigs but you're but i'm kind of tied up here with who i kind of you know decide to ride with and then you know you got heimer coming in and you know you got will winters coming in and you know you got Stolquist hogs coming in and you know you got brinning hogs coming in and you know that it's not like what it used to be so if you're going to stay you know where you want to be or where we want to be you know we can't just get overwhelmed with what we're doing and and that's something we're really excited about is is the the move here in 2020 to start to elevate our logistics because really when you look at it i feel everything that i've done has been with you know a forerunner an old beat up trailer selling hogs out of it a tiny little barn that i've sold hogs in it for five years and for a guy like you to probably hear that, that's probably news to you. Like, really, Ernest? You know what I mean? All of those pigs and all of that's done with just that little, like yourself. You know, me flying to look at the pigs, Cannon. Me driving to get them. Me coming back and cleaning the pins and sorting them out. Me bringing the customers in. Me getting them distributed. And then me getting right back on a plane to go look and find more. And the barn's empty. And then coming back and repeating, you know, that's been, that's been a lot. So as we start to really start to get this thing up to a speed that we're pretty proud of, we're also really excited to start putting some, some chess pieces in place that are going to make us, in my opinion, hopefully more effective. I mean, hopefully even better, you know? Well, I've, uh, I've got one more question for you and, um, it's kind of a loaded question, so take your time. And I didn't put it on the little docket that I made for you, but you brought up that you—I mean, you're a family man now. You've got a—you've got a little baby girl. You've got a wife now. Congratulations! Um, they're incredible. I know the family at least. I know Angie. <laughs> yep. I'm not. For, I don't. I don't think I've talked to your wife that much, but I know Angie pretty well. The family's great. When you're looking at your livelihood and you're looking at supporting a family. And then you hear all this stuff about African swine fever. D does that boggle you a little bit? Just to know that if African swine fever comes over here, the showing is done. Uh, your your form of income might be done for a little while. Does that ever stay on your mind or do you just try to push that out? That that does stay on your mind. I mean, you better believe it. You know what I mean? Um, you better not you know, throw your nose up to that and, and think it's fake. You know, I'm, I'm better, you know, like if I ever was a good athlete and I played quarterback, I would have been really good at audibly. You know, I'm yeah. not good at calling a play, you know, going up to the, to the line and then just thinking this play is going to work, you know? So when I think about off African swine fever, or when I think about anything that, you know, when PED came out, they thought they were going to close down interstate travel. Yeah. You know what I mean? So really any, when I think of anything, I, I categorize anything can end this, you know, when, when PETA takes, you know, videos of a kid trying to get his, his hog that's, that's maxed out in the corner, out of the corner. And they're going, you know, these, these honkies, you know, get together every summer and just beat their hogs up on these hot days. You know what I mean? And, and when I think of anything that can affect this business, it's all you know, spider spitballed into one thing to me, you know, if I, if, if something in any of that ever gained traction, you know, all I can do 
Canon is fall back onto my DNA as a human being and fall back onto what my dad told me when my, my heavyweight weighed out. All, all I can do is put my head down and my ass up and keep working, Canon. I mean, we can whine and we can whine and be like, man, this sucks. You know, you're going to see a lot of pig people infiltrate the sheep, goat and cattle thing. You know, you're going to, if that ever happened, you would see just a ton of changes. You know, obviously they're going to, you know, eradicate showing probably for a while. You know, if, if it pops up, maybe even near you, you know, if, if I remember correctly, I heard you got to notify that you have hogs and I believe they got to be like eradicated in a certain radius, you know, and. So I've heard some stuff, but it's all the same, Canon. You know, things, you know, things that can affect what I do. You know what I mean? It's like getting 840 tags for all these hogs and vet certificates. You know, some some guys don't want to do that, but I tell everybody who I get pigs from, I have to have an 840 tag and a vet certificate. It's required for interstate travel. You know what I mean? And, and some people just want to sell pigs out of their shed. You know, the PED thing. You know what I mean? And, and when that broke out. So, I mean, yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot riding on on uh, on this. But I also I, I know my personality. I know that I would, you know, I'd call Dennis Grove and, and I'd go run a concrete pump for a little while if I had to. I mean, I, I would figure out the first year or two. I'd probably have to start figuring some things out. You know what I mean? In terms of what I think I could transition to long term. You know what I mean? But ultimately, I, I just have to ride that out and kind of hopefully hope that they they got, you know, the African swine fever thing under control and, and hope that the showing thing didn't just totally buckle. Um, but all you can do in situations like that is, is for lack of a better word, just kind of man up, can it? Adapt and survive. You know? Yeah, you got to you got to man up and, and 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 there's no point in whining. You know what I mean? And, and what's, what's done is done. And, and, and so I, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. God you know, forbid I, that I, happens. I don't want, yeah. I, I don't want that to happen. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. it's an interesting there's, topic. There's so many good things going on right now and showing, Yeah. you know, like all these grand drives now are like a rock concert. Oh, they're I love incredible. It. They're so awesome. Yeah. You know, in California state fair, they're, they're yelling, bring them out. And, you know, I was at another show the other day, they had back in black and, you know, I mean, just everywhere now, you know, OYE is obviously OYE and, and, you know, everybody's trying to, to build this thing up and, and um, it's getting so much momentum right now. And the families are so behind it. These families are building facilities and buying these insane truck and trailers and buying nice pigs and they want to fly to this show and drive to that show and show here and show there. So so from my perspective, it, it's like I'm seeing just unlimited potential right now for it. And if that happened, it would really, it'd really be a, a, a party crasher. It'd be, you know? it, it would suck to have just one little hiccup ruin all the momentum that's happening right now. Because like you said, there's just so many things going on. It, it would suck if there was just a, something thrown into the spokes. <laughs> Why don't we, we should, you should, you should, with all your your might right now, you should muster up maybe one more thing. We can end it on a positive note. Yeah, let's do that. I'm a I'm a positivity guy. Yeah, Cannon, well, let's, you know what I mean. Let's do this. I always like to end my episodes with asking my guests if they have any advice. And I know, I mean, you're you're good at giving advice. You've been giving advice this whole episode. But if there is one thing that you could say to uh, a young exhibitor coming up, or even somebody my age coming up, I mean, you. 
I'm going to take it back here, but you came up in quite a transition. I mean, a perfect transition for you because it, it was a transition from, oh, this is a hobby to, oh, no, this is a sport. And we're going to we're going to spend the money on this that we'd play for a club sport. So what advice do you give to somebody that was in your position coming up in this industry right now? You know, uh, if you had that question prepared, then good job for asking it. If you just came up with that one on the fly to end this, then you're going to be a star in this business. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay? that. You know, I listen to a, a lot of Dan Patrick, and this guy is, is a yeah. god. He is yeah. a god at asking questions, man. He can take an interview any direction he wants, Cannon. Um, so good, very there's, good question. There's still stuff I need to learn. <laughs> yep, no yeah. doubt. Um, great question. First and foremost, um, you know, you know, Will Winters said this to me one time. You know, don't step in the ring unless you want to get punched. You know what I mean? Um, if if you don't want to get punched, don't go in the ring because you know, getting the gate sucks. Yeah. You know, raising the best one you've ever raised and getting third sucks. Raising one that you've watched from the beginning just be this beast, and then you're starting to put the finishing touches, a couple high placings at the jackpot circuit, and then a week out you blow a hawk. It sucks, Cannon. You know, raising one that is you've been told is this stud and, and you, you love this hog and it shows perfect for you, and then he just stops eating and, and doesn't want to gain and getting sick. And now it's looking like he ain't going to make weight. Now you kind of know you're not going to make weight and you had this hog kind of give up on you, man. It sucks. You know what I tell to all these young kids that kind of do this and, and any parent that kind of gets involved in it is, is man, you got to have a thick skin in this business. Yeah. You know, you got to have a thick skin in, in, um, in showing pigs, you know, and showing livestock in general, because, you know, when you really break down the success structure of showing cannon, um, you, you're not all like, we only have a very limited amount of, you know, winners, you'd say, you know, kind of really a division championship is where kind of everybody exhales. You know what I mean? Winning your class, is kind of like a pat on the back not at the county level, but maybe at the state level. My point being is, is like, our success structure is not trophies for everybody at the end of the year, you know, which is a big topic amongst everybody, you know, and our structure is a living animal that can take a U-turn on you at any moment in time, you know, so my advice to, uh, to, uh, to all the young kids is, man, if, if you don't want to, you know, feed when it's cold, you know, if you don't want to sit in with your hog and get it trained, if, if you want to go to the movies or, or you can't handle getting the gate or, you know, if you don't want the other side of this, you know, then, then just raise a pig. But, <laughs> but, but what I would say though, is if you want to take this, if you want to step in the ring and you're not afraid to take a shot and you get it right, or you get what you've been working towards, it will, it will release emotions inside you as a person. It will release emotions inside your family like you can't even describe canon like emotions are getting released into me right now oh yeah i have i have seen families and been a part of situations that i will never let go when you get it right when you go down to lsu and get reserve grams out of 1200 hogs and then you eat boudin afterwards man and you and you 
sing into the night with Whiskey Myers. You know, when you go to Colorado and, and see the Rockies and, and just win your class at Denver. You know, when you finally win your county fair, when you win that big show or when you show one at a national level and you see all the best and you read your class list and, and you're in the class with this person from Texas that wins everywhere and this person from Oklahoma that wins everywhere and this person from Indiana that wins everywhere and, and you're psyched out going into the class, but you get an auto pin and an auto reway and the judge points first at you and you just beat those people. It's there is any level can release those emotions, man. No. You know what I mean? And, and your parents and your, your barn help and your neighbor and your older sibling, you know, you see all these pictures now, of these kids hugging and these people crying and breeders having exhilarating moments. Those people stayed in the ring, Cannon. Those people at some point in time got beaten and bloodied up, but guess what? They stayed in and guess what? They got what they were looking for. And so that's what I would say to any of these young kids is there's going to be some tough days, but if you ride it out, man, you might, you might get the day you wanted. And, and I've been a part of just unbelievable days that, that mean the most to me. And, uh, and they're not all wins, you know, some of them are losses learning from those. So that's, that's what the young kids got to understand is, is it's not always pretty, yeah. but when it gets right, it's, it's awesome. Well, Ernest, you're, one of the most passionate people I've ever spoken to about this topic. And like anybody listening right now, I mean, you are more than willing to talk to anybody about this stuff. Uh, I want you to, I want you to plug your like uh, social medias in that sale one more time. Just so yeah, if anybody uh, wants to get in touch with you. For sure, man. We're um, uh, get her done. And I, Justin Gorman, yep. um, we're going to have the Imperial elite sale. And um, it, it's for a lot of people probably from your area. You know, I don't know some of those, those Arizona counties as well as I know, but like Indio County. And then I know, like, I think like a couple of those March counties are like Yuma, La Paz and Parker. That yep. might be, might be some of them. Those are all March counties. Um, we're going to be selling 50 head and, um, and they'll work anywhere. Not all 50 will work for, um, for late March, but I think a good portion of them will. And then most of mine are going to work for early March, like Indio. And then a few of them will work for that, that late March. And, uh, but definitely really, really excited about this set of pigs. And uh, I think there's pigs that people can find in here that they can take to the fair and kind of do anything they want. I think there's some really elite ones in this sale that people can maybe try to go ring a big bell with. But then I also think there's good functional livestock in this sale. And I think there's some division hogs. We've got some AOBs and some Yorks and uh, they can get in a division there. And then there's some beginners and there's just a little bit of everything here. And then, uh, and then Justin, who's kind of dominated that region the last, you know, four or five years, he's, uh, he's bringing 10 head. And uh, I mean, that's kind of the benchmark. So, uh, you know, he's one of them and uh, he's going to be a part of the sale and he's selling pigs that are out of some of the same sows as produced those champions the last couple of years. So, uh, so I think it'd be a good sale for us, for Ernest Donnie show pigs to go down there. I know the people are down there. We're excited to come down there oh, heck um, yeah. and, uh, and meet those people and develop those relationships. And like I said, uh, get in the ring, you know, and, uh, and try to go see if we can, you know, get, get people directed in the right way. And when is that sale? That sale's November 10th. November coming and, up. And uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be this Sunday at um, El Centro in El Centro at the County Fairgrounds. And uh, the previews 11 
and uh, they're going to start the sale at 1.30 and we're going to have a feeding clinic there. So if everybody gets there at 11 o'clock, um, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Well, awesome, Ernest. And uh, I appreciate you sitting down and talking to me. We're, we're about at two hours right now. That's a heck of a conversation. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, man. I can I can get long winded about this stuff. And, <laughs> I know you can. And, uh, I just let you go. Yeah. I was I wasn't too worried about it. I just let nah, you man, go, I, and I, I knew you'd I knew you'd talk up a storm. So I really appreciate you sitting down, and and uh, I'm gonna have to have you on back again because there's still more topics that you jogged in my memory that I would like to talk to you about. But we're, we're I feel like if we I go wanna, over two hours, that's gonna be a long time. Yeah, I want to do one of those uh, playbacks with you sometime. You know, I really like those. Oh, the callbacks. Yeah, because I, I stopped doing you, those. I, well, we're gonna maybe do one. <laughs> okay. Uh, when okay. You, when that... you maybe maybe you'll resurrect it for one. I might. I might. One special time, but I I uh, I enjoyed listening to you know. I think everybody digests things a little differently, so I just enjoyed. So maybe maybe when you do Stephen Aaron, maybe if you can get Stephen yep. Aaron on. Um, I'll, I'll do the call back with we'll you have, because I, I'll have to I'll do a call back for that, that one. And we'll, I'll have to have you on. If I do Steven Aaron, yep. I'll, I'll definitely yep. have you on a callback episode for yep. them. All right, Cannon, I'm going to get back to work, man. And, and I'm sure you got some work to do too. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you later. All right. Late. Bye. Time's limited. So you must listen carefully. I don't necessarily know Ernest too well, but I feel like after that two hour conversation and when I first wanted to have him on the podcast, he sat down and talked to me for an hour and 30 minutes about what he wanted to talk about. So I've I've had a considerable amount of time on the phone with this guy. We're friends. We're best friends. I mean, I like this guy. I am a big fan of Ernest Donano. He has overcome so much in his life. And it, we have a similar story. I mean, we weren't really that into it. Then we just got gung-ho. Uh, there's a lot of similar things that Ernest and I talked about off the phone or off the episode where we were just like, man, that's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of similar how things work out. And I'm just a fan. That's all I had to say. Like whatever he's doing, I'm with it. I, I don't know how I can't be after I hear an episode like that. The amount of passion and the uniqueness of his story, that might be my favorite ag story I've heard yet. And that's not to take anything away from my other guests, but just the the storytelling ability and the way that he kind of puts it out. Ernest knows how to kind of configure a story where it's powerful. And you, like he said on the episode, he had notes written down of his timeline, and I think that was incredible. Uh, it made for a great interview. He's an awesome dude. I can't wait to be friends with him more. And I, I'm... Pfft, I want to learn from him. Gosh, he makes me want to go feed pigs, and I haven't fed pigs in a while. But probably not. <laughs> I've, I've lost my touch, boys and girls. I don't know if I could do that anymore. But that's all I got for you this week. Uh, like I said, I will have some more stuff out for you uh, coming out on Mondays. I'm in between two ideas right now, um, and it's just I'm racking my brain, guys. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. So. Look out for that, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Like, share, subscribe, be a friend. Just share. Just share my posts. Send my posts to your friends and tell them that I'm funny. But I'm not. I know I'm not funny, but, like, lie so that people will subscribe. 
All right. So I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. And I love you. Bye.